everyone welcome to friday shiro show i'm saturn dave this is train co and we have a lit lineup of news to talk about this week don't we we got a lot of stuff we got a lot of stuff and i'm surprised yeah, we got some good stuff how yep. you doing man i guess you could say that we're gonna be slaves to the power slaves to the okay all right uh, i'm not following that <laughs> okay you know, how are you doing we're exhumed we're by the exhumed. slave of power slaves of power all right <clears throat> We're going to have some Iron Maiden. Can we edit some Iron Maiden into this? Uh, not without getting copyright. Not without getting copyright. Striked. So how are you doing, man? What, what have you been up to this week? Pretty good. I've been listening to this uh, uh, this new band. Uh, what? Oh, right. Okay. Haha. -ha. I shared uh, one of the old bands that I was yeah. in with Pat. It's pretty good. It's, it's this band called Adam and Eve's. I think they're drum. It's good, but I don't like their drummer. He kind of no, sounds he like he's just tripping over his shoes drumming. So <laughs> yeah, no, Adams and Eve's. It, it was a, it was a, like a early. It was like a 2010 to 2012 indie band that I was involved in, and uh, we were half boys, half girls. It was kind of like a family band. So yeah, it was fun. But yeah, that's good stuff. I was literally, it's really good. He literally would say like, "Give me a beat that sounds like you're tripping over your shoelaces." <laughs> so yeah, that's kind that's of what, funny. what we went for. Uh, anyway, nice. nice. I got some now city gotta... pop though. You... Oh yeah, got some city pop records. I picked up, uh, picked up uh, "Sea Is a Lady" and uh, "We Can Fly to the Sun." Oh cool. And you also uh, shared what is? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, what'd you say? Oh, you you share. I guess you had ripped uh, that Japanese soul album. It was like a disco, funk, soul, Japanese, really rare record. You'd ripped it to Flack and shared it. So thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, no worries. Hopefully you had that to to, to jazz too. I was listening the... to it. I was like, wow. Uh, I this yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad glad you enjoyed it because it's uh yeah, it was a expensive one, but some guy sent me some money for it, so that was kind of cool of him. Oh, nice. Like, to rip it, so... But, uh... Oh, yeah, but the guy that did those two albums I got is called Chushiki Karomatsu. I keep forgetting what his name is. It's really long in Japanese, but... Mm -hmm. He's really... He's definitely one of my favorite, uh... Uh, city pop artists. Cool. So, go listen to him if you haven't. Uh... I need to pick up some other ones, but, uh... Yeah, I've been getting to that in a lot of jazz. Nice. But, what uh, kind what of jazz? Yourself? Oh. oh, jazz! Uh, just a uh, just piano-based jazz. I, w I don't know the exact genre. Some jazz fusion stuff, but mostly just like classical. Cool. Jazz is good. I'm a big jazz fan. Yep. Just no, just no, just uh, no smooth jazz. I'm not <laughs> a big fan of smooth jazz. You don't like Pat Metheny? No, but I don't consider. I, I love Pat Metheny, but I don't consider him smooth jazz. <laughs> he's more oh, like he's more like fusion. Well, okay, like Kenny G, <laughs> or uh, well, you know. Kenny G's just garbage, not well, yeah, like yeah. jazz. That, but you know the kind of stuff that they play on the smooth jazz station. Uh, see, mm. I know it when I hear it, and I know to run away. But I don't really know a lot of the names of the bands. I mean, bands like bands like Spyro Gyra and stuff like that. I wouldn't really call them like smooth jazz. I would call them like jazz fusion, you know, mm. or fusion jazz. But yeah. <clears throat> I, I, re I very yeah. much prefer traditional jazz. Is this a thing we're going to do where we just talk about music at the beginning of every show? I guess. A lot of people like it. Okay, good. I'm glad. As long as nobody's as long as long nobody's miffed by it. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't really been up to much this week other than work and then writing a couple articles. And Yeah, so they're quite good. Oh, thanks. 
things things that I've wanted to share for a while, and uh, now that we have the show and the website, it's a better platform. I can't tell you how many years I tried to force Facebook. I, I can't tell you how many times, how many years I tried to like make Facebook the platform to share all that kind of stuff, and it just was like shoehorning it in. It just it doesn't work as a as a good platform for sharing archival materials or. You know, uh, it's just where a bunch of people were, right? You know, so it seemed like a good, yeah. uh, good place to share. But you know, we're kind of, we've kind of moved away from that quite a bit. So, but it's uh, it's good. I'm glad that we got the website now, and we're able to. We have a place where we can dump stuff like that. So I have a lot of other cool geeky stuff coming. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff. I'm planned. excited to see. Like I, I know you were archiving a bunch of it on the the. Uh... That the group. Facebook, yeah, uh, Facebook group. archive for a while. Yeah, yeah. This is just a better. This is just a better place, you know. Like these articles will be searchable in the future if people type that in. They're looking for stuff, and and uh, it it just makes more sense, you know, than having it be on a closed platform that like half of the people or more aren't even a part of, you know, because reasons, you know. So makes sense but you know i think our website's probably the best place to you can check that out at sigasaturnshiro.com if you want to yeah. check out all the articles we usually link it in the uh <clears throat> in the chats and stuff i actually had an epiphany um and this is like going behind the curtain but, <laughs> but i was thinking this morning will really help our seo if we went back and took all of the videos that you've edited all the discussion vi separate discussion videos that you've edited of us talking about the articles mm -hmm. and we actually embedded those or linked those back into the articles you know so mm. that it's like when people are searching in the future they can go back and read those articles and then we can also they can also hear our takes on those articles like all right there that's quite you know? a clever idea it would be it's almost like a loop almost like a feedback loop but i do think that it would help uh with like google searching and stuff like that hmm. I'll, like have to, a, I'll have to look into that usually i link the articles in the the video but i could probably I do that as well I know, or I can I can pick up. We can we can split it. I'll say you go from here and I'll go from there. I don't know. Anyway, I, it was just an idea. Samurai sword. <laughs> just an idea, uh, but I thought it was a good one. Anyway, I like it. Yeah. So I'm. Um, we've. Hey, Dantrax says it's a good idea. So it's a good idea. Anyway, I'll, I'll have to take his word for it. Congratulations, Pat, for being the better. You were crowned the better gamer than me. <laughs> Just no, I'm just kidding. I'm still giving Zenos a, a hard time. He said that Pat is a better gamer than me, and that's actually not a joke, or maybe it was meant as a joke. But I actually think Pat is a better gamer than me. I'm just a big game uh, nerd. I'm just a, like a big game history nerd and stuff like that. When it actually, I told him I, I grew up playing RPGs, so my reflexes are so are so poor. I'm not really good at like Twitch heavy games. I'm much more like I'll sit here. And just uh, grind away, you know, at levels and stuff like that. That's more like my thing. Or knights, you know, is the rare exception. But I'm yeah, I'm surprised. Like, usually, usually musicians are good at like the Twitch-based stuff. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> no, not me. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's just not my, not my thing. That's um, fair enough. I enjoy you all know, those thinking, games. Once we get to the piano level, we should start a band or something. Yeah, yeah. The Shiro's well, uh, and the Papas, I'm down. That would be, I'd be down for that. If <laughs> just get my get a clone of myself and I have more time, I'd totally be down for that. <laughs> exactly. No, but I mean, honestly, I'm the kind of guy who, when I'm playing a shmup, I put it on Baby or Monkey. I'm not even mm -hmm. lying. Like, <laughs> and I just have a the blast. I have a blast, yeah, doing that. But, uh, and you know, just having fun with the game. But it's like you and, like, Nick, you know, you guys are, like, serious about you know getting into those like 
score attacking and like really getting into the game. I've done terrible on bulk slash, so I'm so glad that you've taken it over. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm, 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 it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be interesting with the with the the twin sticks because, excuse me. Yes, I'm playing for the twin sticks for the first time. I know. So I'm excited to see how I do with that and if I crash and burn. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's gonna be interesting. So everybody, when we when we cut to the stream, just stick around because you want to see Pat. Uh, you want to stick around and see Pat using those twin sticks that night. Just gonna hear clicking, click, 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 every click, five click, click, click. I know they've got those. Hmm. Uh, so yeah. All right. Well, let's pull up the browser and uh, let's talk about some news. The Bowser. The Bowser. Yeah. All right, so we're canceled enough with the shoot. Okay, on. we talked about yeah. So we talked about Halloween last time. So yeah, or like the day after, I think Sunday, that uh, I think it was Saturday or Sunday that this dropped. Yeah, it was Saturday that the the news of Power Slave uh, Night Night Dives Power Slave came out. So it was like we missed it. <laughs> Had to add just it by to the, that much, but that, just we're by doing that it this much. Week, though. Yeah, we're doing it this week. So what what can you tell us about this game? Um, basically it is one of the, I guess I want, I don't know what, what level of fame it would be, but it's the level of a uh, doom based engine shooters, like, you know, uh, like Hexen, like Duke Nukem 3d. This one is a, one of the lesser known ones called the uh, power slave mm -hmm. that was originally released on the Saturn and the PSX. And there was a crappy PC. <laughs> it was like a crappy linear PC version uh, that was not the same game, but yeah, this was on the on the Saturn and PlayStation, it was kind of like a Metroidvania style, if you want to call it something like that. Something a Metroidvania like, style first person shooter, I guess. Before Metroid, yeah, before that term even existed. But, uh, but yeah. I so, think they're just called hemorrhoids back in the day. <laughs> As well, in they're a pain in your ass. So, Night Dive, I'll, I'll, I'll scroll to the bottom here so folks can see. They have a catalog. Uh, so, they kind of have a reputation for taking like these old, mostly first person shooters. And, uh, you know, games that like uh, like Sin or Doom 64 or Shadow Man or uh, Turok, you know, and doing like these enhanced remakes. It's it's kind of hard when I was writing this article. I, I wasn't sure if to call it a remaster, a remake. What would you consider this? Because it, it's... it looks like a, it looks like just an upscaled remake with like a right. it looks like the same engine, like the same Doom thing, except just upscaled graphics. Right. Yeah, like there's a little bit of better lighting. There's some better lighting effects, um, upscaled graphics, some added animations. We have a better idea um, because Quake just got released recently, right? And, you know, Modern Vintage Gamer worked on that. And um, that's also a Night Dive product. And so Did he I put his Australianness into it. <laughs> I don't know. But I know that it was like a free upgrade for folks that already had Quake on Steam, you know, um, hmm. which was cool. And uh, from what I understand, because I watched uh, I watched Clint, uh, you know, what's this? Now I can't think of it. The, Clint Eastwood. No, Clint. You know his his channel with the the uh, LGR LGR blurbs and stuff like that. He did like oh, a little playthrough. Oh, LGR. Yeah. LGR Clint. Yeah, he did a playthrough of it, and he was showing off. You know, the 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 muscle memory is all the same. The game feels exactly. He could play it exactly expertly, like he could play the original Quakes, uh, which he's done a lot. Um, he he showed like that there were some newer like gun animations. There were uh, mm -hmm. you know more lighting effects and stuff like that, some smooth stuff. But you can also downscale the game to like 640 by 480. So I mean you could get 
kind of like a, a more retro look if you're playing it on a CRT or something like that. But anyway, yeah. I, I expect a lot of the same, I guess, out of this game. The only thing is I just really like Power Slave. I love Quake, but I mean, I really love Power Slave. It's a great game. Mm. Uh, it did do the whole like Metroid Prime thing before Metroid Prime <laughs> existed. It's got that like backtracking to level up and, and gain new abilities, get new. Uh, so it's kind of like Metroid Prime, except actually good then, right? Yeah, well, okay, we can agree to disagree, but I, I like <laughs> Metroid Prime. And uh, you're a GameCube fan, you should be ashamed. <laughs> no, I, I, I like okay. it as a game, I don't like allowed. it as a Metroid game. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. We've talked about this, though, so... Yeah. Um, you know, okay, so I'm going to play... I'm going to turn off the wall, the video wall, real quick, and I'm going to play this trailer for folks. Don't turn off the walls. They have eyes. I believe they can. Put one in the chat if you can't hear it. Yes, we can hear it. I said put one in the chat. I like the smoothness of it. Yeah. It's very smooth looking, very nice crisp 60 frames. So how many frames they have. I'll keep it playing, but what I wanted to uh what I wanted to bring folks attention to is the fact that all of the footage that they're using is PlayStation footage. You know, for, for all of the, like the retro footage, they're they're using all like PlayStation footage. So I mean, that's my only criticism. It's like it couldn't have hurt you guys to put a little bit of Saturn footage in the trailer. Um, if Maybe anything, they didn't want to talk bad about the Saturn. It's like well, if they anything, want to rag on the PSX. Well, you know, because people are going to wonder. People are going to wonder. Okay, so how much of the Saturn version is actually going to make it into this game when they're using like only PlayStation footage on the trailer? That's the only criticism I had. I think they know what they're doing, judging from their back catalog, you know, judging from their catalog of games and the good things people have said about them. I think that they know better. You know, they they've probably probably watched, you know, John Lineman's video about uh, Power Slave. They probably know that the Saturn version is the definitive version. Well, at least so far. And I, I can only imagine that they're going to weave, you know, the better parts of the Saturn version into this game. I assume, yeah. but then again, I, I do. I do like a. I do like Momfus's explanation because to show how much better it looks, it wouldn't be so obvious with the Saturn version. Okay, but I, and you know the the other thing is they they may not have the ability to use like the Saturn source, you know, like the, the lobotomy source. Maybe they have access to the PlayStation source, and maybe that's what they're working off of. You know, um, makes sense. But anyway. Um, I'm excited. I think everybody's still excited, and I think that uh, I, I'm optimistic about... Um, there's another trailer here folks can check out. I'm not going to play it back for you, but it's just uh, regarding the Kex engine that they use to build this game off of. And uh, essentially, you know, you can take a look at the screenshots that are available here. Um, some of, There's a GOG page already set up, uh, good old games, and there's also a Steam page for the game, but they haven't released... They haven't announced a, a specific release date. And they haven't announced platforms beyond PC. Uh, so you can at least expect it on PC through Steam and good old games. And you've got widescreen, HD, Dog. 
modern gamepad support, uh, SMAA anti-aliasing, anisotropic texture filtering, you got achievements, Vulkan DirectX 11 graphics API, smooth object uh, interpolation for Quick high refresh prosper, rate. Guys. Got the high, ref high refresh rate monitor support and both versions of the original game combined to bring the best of both worlds. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we're just going to, you know, have faith in them as a developer. I'm pretty sure that it's going to be awesome. Uh, everybody I played is... their System Shock remake. That, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, the demo's on Steam. It's amazing. I you really You played the demo? It. Yeah, and everybody's I saying good System things. Shock. So far, everyone's pretty much saying good things about, about Quake, you know, that it feels good, it feels faithful. It's not like, you know, there are other ports out there. There are other, like, source ports that do other things that it doesn't do, but it's really solid. And, you know, I haven't heard anybody say anything negative so far, so... Uh, the outlook is bright for Power Slave Exhumed. Oh, and they also did decide to use both names, you know, Power Slave Exhumed, so that you know people in all territories would uh, would recognize the game. You know, fair enough. I'm excited to try it out. I have faith in them after playing their playing their System Shock remake. Uh, I do have to say though, I think System Shock's probably my favorite to uh, one of my favorite first person RPGs, just because of how scary it is. It's really good. It is a great game, and uh, that. What what did you play it on? On PC, like originally back in the day? Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit. I played it. I think it was like in the two early two thousands. I played a little bit on PC. Yeah, it was really good. I liked it. It's serious hell. I think uh, I I do I do <clears throat> rag on Bioshock a lot, but I'm just really biased for System Shock. I think it's a mm -hmm. a better game. It's more scary. I don't know. I I preferred. I like the whole. I don't know the. I guess because of my my big fear is like to be. Uh, turn into like a robot or turn mm -hmm. to a cyborg. So that's like one of my favorite, my nightmares. So I get scared the most out of that. So yeah, probably from that you. game. Trevor, we love you too. Thanks for watching the show. Love you, Trevor. Peace and love. Um, awesome. Okay. So let's move on then. Uh, I, have we said everything we want to say about Power Slave for now? Uh, besides this garbage. No, I'm just joking. It's really good. I'm excited to play it. Cool. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Maybe you can stream it. On the show. I mean, it's apropos. No. You know, it's a, okay. Anyways, I'm screw you, Pat. Like <laughs> and uh, next up, this is all you, House of the Dead, one and two the OST. House? And I say this is all you because House you're the, the one dead. that's going to be buying this. I, I'm, I'm, probably. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> you buy all the vinyl. That's Unfortunately, your I missed that on the on the collector's edition though. Yeah. But it's cool. I also get both of those. I, I kind of like the, I kind of like both editions, anyways. The separate ones. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the music, for me. The music. Oh, yeah. But yeah. So on August sixteenth, uh, Cartridge Thunder announced that they were going to, they were going to release the original uh, Bioshock on vinyl, and that's going to be released on the eighteenth, a uh, couple days ago. Wait, did you say Bioshock? Bioshock, uh, House of the Dead House 1 and 2, dead. sorry. House of the Dead 1 and 2, <laughs> it's okay. Bioshock is already on vinyl, go yeah. listen to that. But anyways, they're listening, they're going to get this House of the Dead 1 2 on vinyl. Uh, Pre-orders went up uh, on the 18th, so a couple days ago. And they released it both as a a uh, single edition, so 1 and 2, you can see the cool back art. I kind of like yeah. the, the, the OB on it for the first one. It has like the Saturn yes. color. Mm -hmm. On the back it has like the, U the US Saturn look, so it's kind of like a... A flip, kind of like a flip this edition. Right I like that. Yeah. If you scroll down, it's got yeah. the stripes and the 
Yeah, no, that looks slick. I love it. So I definitely want to get that just for that alone. And I, I like House of the Dead 1 then. Of course, House of the Dead 2 uh, in this cool blue marble vinyl. Yeah, that looks really beautiful. Good art. I really like the art on Wait, these Wait, is that ones. different than... Oh, yeah, okay. So you get like the blood red for House of the Dead 1 and then you get like the marble blue. Oh, that looks great. And then the, the dual editions that has the Curian Mansion that has both the di all three of the discs in it. Is that the one you're going to... That's the collector's one you missed out on? Yeah, that one sold out pretty oh, instantly. Yeah, I would imagine so. But you're but, still gonna uh, grab. Are you still gonna grab like one of one of each of? Are you gonna get both, or are you just gonna go with like one of the House of the Dead ones and one of the I, House I'm gonna of the get Dead both. Really, man. Yeah, that is. Uh, I am so jealous, Pat. <laughs> That's well, awesome. I'm just gonna get both bo both House of the Dead one and two, not like all the oh, variations. Okay. Yeah. I'm... So which variant you're gonna get? You're gonna go with like the U.S. variant. Of, uh, yeah, house, well, I mean, house... it's the same variant. This, it's the, it's just the backside of it. Oh, is that just the back? Okay, these aren't variants. These are the rear I covers. I got you. The rear I front got covers. you. Okay, cool. I misunderstood that. Yeah, but it does say front no and back. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, no, the I, artwork I, I, on there. I, I understand you. I understand you, Dave. <laughs> you, it's, it's not a big deal. I thought it was like you had to choose between the Japanese style or the, or the U.S. style. No, but that's awesome that they, they give you both. So that's great. Yeah, so it's really cool. It's on the website. Uh, it's $28 for the uh, House of the Dead 1 and then 39 for House of the De Dead 2. Mm -hmm. I think they're pretty fair prices since a lot of the records nowadays has been, at least for the big artists, like $40 for one disc. Right. So I think it's fairish prices in comparison. It's what I would expect. Not cheap, but it's what I would expect. So... Um... Yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel? I was I was driving in the car the other day, and I was thinking about you. I was thinking about the vinyl thing and the chip tunes, uh -huh. and I was well. I was just wondering, like, how do you feel philosophically about the whole like taking digital music, music that originated digitally, and putting it on vinyl, where you don't really get the benefit of retaining those analog frequencies in the bottom and the top range that you that you would get from okay say like panzer dragoon saga right or sorry panzer dragoon the original one the orchestral one mm -hmm. it was it was it was recorded with microphones in a huge you know in a huge concert hall and you've got all sorts of frequency going on there and to put it on vinyl makes sense right because it was an analog recording and you're going to put it on vinyl and continue remain it, you're going to retain the analog frequencies right how do you feel well, about? A lot of, uh, actually, a lot of those stuff is, is is recorded digitally. So with the original one on vinyl, I honestly don't. I, I think they just use the digital masters for that one. Oh, okay. All right. So, so at least to my understanding, it's just it's more or less just having it right on vinyl and being able to collect yeah. them and then play them back on vinyl. Uh, it's it's a touchy feely, tactile media kind of thing. It's not just necessarily about the audiophile quality of like having a. Because on the other hand, you talk about the mono recordings of the Beatles, right? And and loving yeah. to have that, you know, uh, from an yeah, audio that, that, standpoint. That's an insane quality for the new remasters because they literally went back to the analog tapes, like completely remade uh, pressings, uh, mm -hmm. the pressers for that, mm -hmm. and put that all analog. And, and it's just a different feel. Like a lot of people, like especially in the bootleg uh, v VGM vinyl stuff, they want they want to buy mm -hmm. like all the soundtracks, even if it's like mastered off of a CD or something. They don't really care. Right. They just want the music on vinyl, and they're still paying a lot. And it's just different audiences for what people want. Yeah. Like, like I'm not me, saying it's pointless. Yeah. I'm not saying it's pointless. I'm just wondering. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering how people feel about that, like, the whole listening to chiptunes on vinyl, considering that it's a like... A lot of people are... 
in yeah. the middle about that. In the middle. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing to me. I mean, personally, I I'm 30 how old am I now? 38 and I probably don't have most of that frequency response in my hearing anyway. I can't hear mo- yeah. most of it anyway. So, it, I I shouldn't be one to argue, but uh but yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know, do, do folks prefer to just listen to digital recordings on a digital format or do they like, you know, putting it on a mini or on a, on a cassette tape or on a, you know, on a vinyl record or something like that, just, just for the fun of it. Uh, it's interesting, but mm-hmm. it's different strokes for different folks for sure. Exactly. It, it all depends on the, on the collector really. Like, yeah. you know, some collectors like me want like the analog experience like from these older records and like yeah. some of the newer ones like even up to dire straits money for uh dire straits um mm-hmm. oh crap what's the name of the, the one with money for nothing on i keep forgetting what the uh, name of the record is i know the one you're talking about but you I'm, know what i'm talking about it's the one with the guitar on blank I keep we're live right now uh yeah no i can't it's all but, cool but anyways you know, the point is yeah that one's completely digital but the thing is you, the one thing that you really had with vinyl that always has remained is like those beautiful jackets with the artwork and stuff like that. And now, of mm-hmm. course, like 180 gram discs, you got those thick discs that are just like got beautiful uh, textures, beautiful colors. That's that makes the collectability of it like so much better, you know. So that that's exactly. where I feel like vinyl just there's just no c- competition, you know. There's just nothing else that does it like vinyl. So. That is cool. Yeah, because you get like the giant artwork on top of the, the the cool vinyl discs with the cool designs on it. Yeah, and it's something that's honestly <clears throat> missing from CDs that I wish they would have expanded on. Yeah, I I agree, and uh, I I really liked those original like long box CDs, you know, in the early days. But I mean, you know, yeah, they weren't very practical, and they took up a lot of shelf space. But definitely, I, I mean, even even vinyl records are thin, you know, so you could stack a lot of them. Uh, whereas those just took up a lot of space for nothing, um, but that's the thing is they were trying to they were trying to emulate the the space of artwork that you had with vinyl, you know, but without having a real purpose. Uh, where um, you know Ray was just saying in the chat that he wishes he had a light gun to pl- or he has wishes he had a CRT to play this game on with a light gun. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that now, uh, either. If they're using, you know, flat panel displays or if they're using like, like me, for example, I'm using uh, VGA, like professional VGA CRT monitors. And even those at 31 kilohertz aren't going to do light gun. Um, so I'm waiting for a solution for that. In the meantime, I just have Apparently to like. They, come out, they have some stuff, but I don't know how, yeah. how, but how it works. You're talking like the Sinden? Talking about like the Sinden light gun or or something. There's newer. a couple of them. I know Co- I've seen a few solutions online for it. Yeah, that's a it's a drive. You know, it's that that's the next drive uh, is to provide something to get something going because there's a lot of people who are in that same boat who really just want to be able to play uh, these old light gun games with a light gun uh, on whatever you know they want a device that's going to allow them to play it on whatever kind of display that they want it on. So. Hopefully, yeah. you know, folks are working on that, and we'll have that soon. We'll be able to talk about it, but yeah, there's the Wii controller. House of the Dead One is not it for oh. playing light gun. Oh, he's talking about that. Saturn. That uh, he's talking about that that Wii controller solution. That's kind of like a, a hack, a DIY hack. But there's also yeah. some some House of the Dead games on the Wii as well. So you know, there's always that. Yeah, there's uh, two and three. You can play that on the Wii. Yeah, but we are getting. A little far, <laughs> we're getting a little far from the topic, uh, and I want to be able to get through all of this because um, I do have an appointment after this stream. Uh, maybe enough. we can circle back. 
If we have time at the end, we can just circle back and shoot we'll the. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, DTS developers, the the Sega developers game mag is what I called this. Uh, essentially, uh, what this is is something that I've kind of wanted to share. Uh, it's a geeky thing. It's not for everybody, you know. Fo- uh, it, you got to be somebody who likes to read first of all, and you got to be someone who's like interested in development and Sega's Daniel, history. I can't read, so I guess I can't enjoy it. <laughs> well, you just got to be someone who's who's not the TLDR kind of person because you're not going to want to waste the time uh, looking through these. But essentially, uh, this is no secret to folks in the development community or the homebrew community because th- these resources have been up online for a while, for years. In fact, and I shared them on Facebook years back, and no, not a whole lot of people were interested. So that's fine. I understand. It's, um, but what they are is essentially newsletters, or um, which kind of fleshed out. They became more and more involved, more detailed as they went along. But they were basically just newsletters for licensees, third-party uh, Segas, and third-party developers uh, to you know keep in touch with them. Uh, to let them know about, uh, you know, third party or like middleware solutions, uh, things, uh, development tools for sale, um, you know, support numbers, stuff like that. They'd have, I'll show you real quick. I can actually flip through there. You got like the hardware news section where they're talking about um, 32X and Saturn. Let's see here. They're talking about, let me go. Okay. Darn it. They, okay. they got Q sound. They, oh, yeah, the they, they got a Q&A in every uh, questions and answers regarding the development process. You got They usually profile one of their employees. Um, they got tips, development tips. They got, yeah, advertisements for Q sound. And it's like really, uh, you know, soaring like a jet engine or something. You know, so you got the, this is where, um, this is where middleware companies would actually advertise just like, just like in game magazines, you know, we get advertisements, but the developers would get advertisements to use these things in their games, you know, or you get like cross products or SNASM or what, uh, you get the, uh, development kits, you know, um, from third parties, uh, <laughs> you get Cinepack, uh, advertisements for Cinepack, you know, use Cinepack as your, uh, as you know, your video compression of choice or whatever. And, uh, and of course, you know, Trekkies, I'm sure he's all over that <laughs> there. Uh, oftentimes these, uh, these issues would also come with discs, you know, developer discs. I haven't, um, I haven't provided them all here for download, uh, or anything like that, but they are available online. Um, uh, if you just search Google, but anyway, uh, essentially they would come with discs so in, in that way it, it kind of mirrors the whole game mag and disc demo disc thing but instead on the disc was just a ton of development goodies you know um exactly i kind of like this one in the second issue with the 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 announcement of some kid's birth oh yeah so they had like a devcon 95 uh wrap up uh 32 exposed which was some kind of like 32x conference it's a boy, you know, so one of the kids, one of the developers, or one of the people that work there at product. We should mention uh, have him on the show and be like, hey, we <laughs> yeah. talked about your birth on... We uh, talked about your birth. Yeah, because right by podcast. now, I mean, he'd be like, you know, close to our age. Um, and I mean, then, he'd be two years younger than I am, so he'd be 27 at this point. Oh, there you be this kid is 27 right here. It's a boy. Um, documentation, exactly. internet address. So then you had the D, you had the actual wrap up for DevCon 95 in here. That's an interesting little tidbit. None of these things are very long. So even if you're just picking and choosing what you want to read about, cross products, um, 
Okay, this scrolling thing isn't working. Uh, let's see here. I love this one right here. Sega Saturn. Consumer demand. <laughs> what was it again? It was a uh, consumer demand leads to the early <laughs> the early launch. I'm like, seriously? No consumers right. demanded that. Like everybody was on board for Saturn Day. But this is how they're framing it. Like they're throwing the consumers under the bus because they don't want the developers to be mad at them. <laughs> you know, for... Well, there's this one. There's this one section there when they asked how about the difficulty on uh, developing on the Saturn. It's just a picture of a middle finger. I don't know what that was about in the DTS. It's like the last issue. Is it on the last issue? Okay, we're gonna yeah, have to look they, at that real quick. Pretty, it's just a giant middle finger. No, developer I'm just tools that exchange. <laughs> that's not. There's a developer tools exchange. Uh, more Q and A, and and each one of these is like you know, developer would have some question about transparency, or they'd have some question about writing something from one area of RAM to another, or something like that, and and then there would be answers here, uh, as uh, as support, you know, and then uh, let's see here. More information about 32x moving on you had uh they had like a support group creative support group <laughs> um all sorts of interesting stuff you know what did i miss here soft homage 3d toolkit ad for soft homage uh you know announcing new upgrade to the cd emulator you know because they had those huge like boxes that would emulate the cd drive um <clears throat> QA for specifically for 32X and Saturn. Um, gosh, BBS. They were running a BBS back then, right before they switched over to the internet. And of oh course, boy. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I imagine uh, they didn't get any harassment on there. DEFCON 96 wrap up. Now the fun begins. I mean, th these are, these were all fun for me to go through and read. And um, I imagine that for somebody like, I don't know, like Nick making vi uh, historical videos and stuff like that, you could get some juicy little tidbits here or some. It's you, cool to get you the, could get the some developers contextual uh, insight. perspective on games. Yeah, it's good to get, it's good to get some of that contextual insight. Uh, they look at this. They threw together a DevCon '96 like yearbook looking thing with photos from the from the thing. I can't imagine. What do you, th what do you think the the music for the soundtrack for that would be? For DevCon '96? Yeah, like you like you know how they like have the high school uh, sound uh, song of the year. What are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, for first, I don't know. It'd be. Think they do some Soundgarden stuff? Yeah, sure. They'd have Soundgarden for sure. I mean, Soundgarden was literally like one of the weirdest bands in terms of like their music videos and stuff. And I feel like it really like a pit. Um, I did a mixtape a while back, you know, like a Saturn mixtape of like '94, '95, yeah. and that Soundgarden Black Hole Sun that video, the the way that mm -hmm. video is shot from a production standpoint and art and everything like that. It is so similar to like the Saturn commercials, you know, all just like weird and trying to be so edgy, you know, <laughs> it's just, uh, I gotta like, lean song, I gotta lean forward to like read some of these things cause they're really small on here, but you guys can download the PDFs so here and, and, uh, and read through some of the, some of the stuff here. I'll go quicker here. So as of this it's issue, right, Promise and Deliver, DTS, WWW. So they had moved everything online, kind of rebranded everything under this developmental uh, brand, which was like the new, you know, they were trying to make it more like a magazine, actually. Um, and it's fun kind of um, reading up on, you know, the the wrap-up of D, uh, DTS, uh, what is it, the DevCon 96. They talk about E3 here, uh, E3 Developers Conference, uh, more Q&A, um, you know, more Sega Saturn software development, uh, 
just just a bunch of fun stuff. And uh, again, um, Animatics announces Saturn Dev Tools for 3D Studio Max. So there was some some uh, 3D Studio Max stuff in there. There was another um, there was another sound middleware that I found out about through here that was neither Q Sound or um, or Cyber Sound. It was like started with an N. I forget what it was called, but I'm gonna probably do a write up on it at some point. That works. Yet another instrument library that was not related to cyber sound but it was an option that you could uh that you could use as a developer anyway uh so yeah what the magazine it looks like the last issue was in in uh i guess in 90 like 97 january from 97 this is yeah so they had the huge the best known a bugs issue which was really cool and then yeah the final issue wrapped uh it was january february 97 sega tops holiday yearly sales and predictions uh they covered uh they covered codescape powerful new de- debugging from cross products they covered uh best a bugs part two so and then there was of course uh an example here of a cd that came with that a bugs issue um they'd give you you know a little little cd to go along with it and it had like tons of stuff this image is hosted from hidden palace so you guys can download it there um, but anyway, hey, Dave, this is part of what happened when uh, once they saw the sales numbers from the from the the year later on. Mm-hmm. Like, should we do another one? And they're like, peace, peace. Well, at this point, they really had moved everything online, and uh, their website was changing quite a bit. And so, um, EDTS exposed. Um, yeah, so EDTS. I mean, being electronic DTS, they're talking about moving everything online. And so I think at that point, they just kind of stopped publishing these PDFs. It was more or less everything was just hosted on the Sega DTS website, um, which can still be found on the Wayback Machine, um, different iterative years of it. But yeah, so this is a very geeky historical kind of thing that I like to get into and I want to share with other people so that it's at least part of our awareness you know, and and folks know about it, and if they want to go here and use it as a as a historical resource, or they just want to read it for fun, it's there. You know, so anyway, now people know. <laughs> Another thing that I'm I really like we're bringing all this obscure stuff on the uh, on this on the web for all the Saturn stuff. Yes, yeah, and again, like I said, this isn't like this. This is this exists in other you know other hosting formats. You know, this is hosted multiple places on the internet. Um, but the point is I wanted to write an article about it. So it'd be more like searchable and that people, maybe it would, maybe a few more people would find out about it and know about it. So it'd be a more like commonly known thing that people could refer to or use as a resource. Another thing I'm really geeky about and I love are like the little pamphlets that we would receive in like the long box games. We'd get those like spring 96 pamphlets showing you all the sports games or you'd get some of those um you get some of those fold-out pamphlets showing you panzer dragoon saga but it was like an alternate box art that never saw the light of day or maybe you saw or police the, knots, the police knots yeah. One. yeah i love those things and there's a bunch of cool there there's a bunch of cool stuff out there uh that i've collected and that's available all over the place i'd like to just bring it into one article and and show people so that they could have a place to look at it and and enjoy that kind of stuff. So there are some ideas that I have. Fair enough. Um, let's see here. Uh, next, do you want to talk about this? P- did this? I guess Peter wrote this up about Zoop. Yeah, Peter wrote this up uh, called Zoop. Did you know I didn't? Uh, I, this totally took me by surprise. I had no idea that that Zoop was available for the Saturn. 
I'm guessing it was a Japanese-only title. Well, yeah, it was. It. And I mean, I know about Zoop, but I just... Uh, <laughs> I've looked through complete ROM sets, and I don't ever remember seeing it, or, like, maybe I just overlooked it. I didn't realize it was available Zoop. for the Saturn, yeah. But yeah, it was... Uh, oh, sorry. It was developed tired. by a Hookstone and published exclusively in Japan by Media Quest in 1996, and I mean it was released oh, yeah. on any really, really every platform known to man. Maybe not the N64, but you know. Uh, so it makes it and it was released exclusively in Japan. Yeah. It's a simple, simpler challenge puzzler. You know, you, you uh, control cursor to protect the inner squares against the advancing shapes. You need to shoot the same color shapes, and uh, you take on the color of the last shape you you shot. So it's kind of like a hodgepodge of uh, of Tetris and Puyo Puyo into this unique game. Yeah, I think it kind of wanted to be, like, considering that it was released on so many platforms, I get the feeling it was trying to be, like, the next Tetris, you know? And, I mean, it was a decent game. Uh, but, you know, like, by the time the Saturn came around and everything, I can understand why it didn't make it over to the West. It, it, it definitely was, was no, uh, no Tetris or Puyo Puyo for sure. No. I mean, or I don't columns. think it... I literally would, I would go as far as to say that nothing is Tetris. You know, nothing can beat, nothing has beat Tetris so far, as far as I'm concerned. Like, Puyo Puyo is great. No Tetris. Uh, what's that other game? Luminez on the PSP and stuff like that. That's lots of fun. That game is fire. Yeah, it's fire. But it's not Tetris, though. I mean, like, I could, I would still prefer to play, like, any good old NES Tetris over almost any puzzle game. Because it's just so good. But I will say what game is, is, um... There is a game that we played recently that comes close to Tetris for me on the Saturn, and that is Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. That game was awesome. Like once I really I got into Super it, Puzzle Fighter. that game was fun, and my my son loved that game so much. Yeah, I I actually felt bad for my friend. He was playing against me the other day. He was uh, cause I I sucked at it. It's like oh we can play it. I'm probably not gonna be good. I beat right. him like every round. I felt really bad. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you had practice because you did that whole podcast on it, right? We did an entire podcast dedicated yeah, to that game. I didn't I didn't expect to be that good though. I know he, I thought he would be better, but I feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> but it's solid. It's a solid game. I definitely recommend it to folks. Uh, it's a lot of fun. For sure. Is that anyway. a, is that another one that you can get online, or is that not online? Oh, as far as like multiplayer online or Netlink or anything, I don't think yeah. so. But man, oh man, what are the possibilities? You know, maybe it could be someday if they figure out how to like, uh, you know, if they figure out how to like use the, get their hooks into it and and send you know commands over the. I mean, anything's possible. I like to think. It's just a matter of time and somebody dedicating, you know, dedicating themselves to do it. Anything's possible. Uh, oftentimes, it's just it can be difficult if you if it involves like reverse engineering the game, you know. But um, yeah, yeah. And then finally, we have a little retrospective that you posted up on our online. I feel like we should have had this retrospective like a couple weeks ago when we were all talking about the online thing, because now yeah. here we are again. But uh. Yeah, this was a fun. Here we go again. Th this was our first interview, actually. Did you realize that? This was like yeah, our no, first official I put it in interview. Article. Yeah, yeah, we got we got uh, Sega RPG fan. I I think I'm gonna call Who him in the Joe. Chat right now, yeah, I think. he's not. I don't I'm not doxing him too much to call him Joe, but uh, but yeah, because we called him Joe in, in oh, the podcast. Oh, he's not here anymore. He was though. But yeah, Sega RPG fan. He was kind of he was kind of there representing both him and Zaiden. Um, he did a lot of the he did a lot of the work for you know 
uh, and Zyden, you know, just going back and forth, uh, hammering out the settings on the VoIP adapters, ma making sure that it was playable. Um, at the time, you know, and I listened back to this, we were talking about like 300 milliseconds of lag uh, in terms of like the whole process from front to back uh, in terms of like superfluous or like uh, redundant audio compression. And then when I was talking to Knight, he was saying it couldn't be that much lag, and that's not what he was seeing on his uh, on his uh, report. You know, he he was looking at the numbers. You know, I guess he had the ability to check out what the traffic was doing, and he he was not getting that much lag. But that said, that's kind of what we were talking about back then. This was, of course, really early days because um, they've made some tweaks to the settings, and uh, they've they've come away since then and not not to mention back then we only had like five games supported it was like the us netlink games and then subsequently um uh sega rpg fan he was actually able to take the netlink uh he was able to take the netlink code that was included on one of those dts discs we were talking about so dts <laughs> the developer technical news and the discs that they would distribute often had like little, they just had a bunch of goodies that you could, uh, you know, a bunch of development tools, including like X-Band stuff. And so they were able to, he was able to take that X-Band stuff and just kind of like patch it into the Japanese games and make them work, you know, make them direct out huh. each other. Yeah. So that's how he kind of did that. And he was able to patch out the Japanese games so that we had like a total of, I don't want to, I want to say something like 16 playable games. Some of them crop, you know, the same game, it just, you know, different regions, but I could be wrong so with that confused. number. So I was confused, it's thinking 1999, that's Zayden, right? No, 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 yeah, Zayden is, uh, Cameron, Zayden, he is the guy who pretty much made the guide, is from what I understand, he made mm -hmm. like the online guide on Dreamcast Talk. He's also, oh, okay. he's also an admin on Dreamcast Talk. He also worked with Sega RPG fan uh, initially going back and forth, making all the calls, texts, doing, hammering out the settings, getting it working. It's thinking 1999, from what I understand, he had a YouTube channel and he featured it prominently. He, uh, you know, tried to make like a, like a YouTube guide of getting things connected. And I okay. think, yeah, so I think that was his, I think that, you know, he's who I originally reached out to because his, you know, his coverage of the exploit was the most prominent at the time. I reached out to him and he put me in touch with Sega RPG fan and the rest is history. Um, it's still a fun podcast to listen to. A lot of what we say here is still relevant to some extent. It's just that I think performance is, has gotten better for the most part. And you have those, uh, you have the uh, addition of the Japanese X-Band games that are available through that patch. Um, yeah, but, I was I was saying in the article that I felt like a big dummy during this episode because I didn't really know what the setup the 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 VoIP VoIP adapter and all the online stuff would ent entail. And I was saying that really I didn't really get any of the setup till four years later. Yeah, well, I mean to be fair, it's kind of not for the faint of heart. This this thing is mm -hmm. not something that most people are going to spend the money or the time to do. Kay and I, at the time, were just like huge nerds geeking out over the fact that we could get this hardware back online. And um, that's kind of a thing with, with me is I just feel like if you can, like if, you know, like I, I think it's great that you got a twin stick for the Saturn and you're using it, right? You know, you're, you're yeah. using it, you're trying to, you know, the, the goal is, you know, allow this machine to do everything that it was capable of doing back in the day and more, you know? Um, it had these peripherals, you know, seek them out test them out you know 
really explore what the console was capable of because it did so much, you know, and that was Sega's pedigree. That was Sega's history is, you know, the VCD card, you know, the 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 modem, you exactly. know, all of that extra stuff, which you could argue was way ahead of their time and just, you know, as a result, you know, just uh, went the way of the dodo bird, basically. But, I mean, you know, they PlayStation, when PlayStation did it, it's like everybody accepted it then. It was like I had PlayStation 2 folks on my college campus pushing the LAN adapter, you know, <laughs> and uh, or the broadband adapter, you know, trying to get that into every dorm room so that, you know, kids were playing PS2 in their dorm rooms, you know. We had like a legit like booth for PS2 broadband adapters, you know. Um, and that's it's pretty, like that's pretty funny just like playing Resident Evil online and stuff outbreak yeah yeah and I mean at that point it was just like socially acceptable because of what Dreamcast yeah. because of what Saturn and Dreamcast the, the foundation that they laid you know and then they just got trampled <laughs> because yeah, cause, cause like I know the I know the big the PS2 scene was like a big SOCOM stuff right that was the oh, big thing so, back then. yeah SOCOM was huge um what else was just huge on uh Probably some Madden stuff. I don't know if they yeah. had that online for PS2. Madden stuff. Yeah, there was there was a there were, there ended up being a variety of stuff that you could do online. I mean the 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 uh, Ratchet and Clank games went online, you know, and that was just. Uh... I was saying that I was saying that they didn't have a that I missed a mag though on the PS3. I know it's not a. Oh yeah, Memphis says online. Monster Hunter. That's a good shout. And then MLB the show. Was Monster Hunter you... online? Um. I believe, yeah, a version of it. Oh, okay. Um, also, Fair enough. also, uh, I mean, I think that was kind of like a big point of it. And then also, uh, the show, uh, MLB, the show was like a huge mainline baseball franchise that was online, and I mean, it was awesome. Uh, but I think that was like 2006, so maybe that was a little late. Uh, but anyway, here we are talking about PS2. The point is that you know Saturn was doing it way back in the day. I mean, Dr technically Genesis was Mega Drive was doing it even before that with X Band. And Saturn continued that, uh, and it was just again like a niche thing that some people enjoyed, but just not enough to make an impact. Um, we should really test just... that again. I'd really like to tr play more online matches with you that last more than yes uh, three minutes. Yeah, that's my bad. I mean, no, actually, we we spent we spent a good two hours, but I mean, again, we were messing around with settings too much. We should just find something that works. I'll be honest with you. Ever since I started messing around with settings, I've been having much poorer performance than i ever did before like i used to i used to do matches with zaiden with k with uh with sega rpg fan and they would just go swimmingly like we would have maybe one or two hiccups but the most of the gameplay was fine and it's like subsequently i've been messing around with my settings and stuff like that to you know because we've been attempting with knight of dragon and stuff to 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 get to some better settings perhaps or figure out you know if there's any way that we can improve this overall um, but it's not been the best uh, experience for me because I've just been having a hell of a time and it could be could be down to latency You know it could just be down to my is the latency of my ISP from what I'm understanding. Yeah you know? Yeah, but no, I mean, I mean that's all part of the fun though It's like getting the settings and we could find stuff. That's better. Yeah, but I'm I'm more than happy Yeah, I definitely want to do some more online play sessions uh, and I think I'll have the opportunity to do that soon, but you know, up. also I'm, I'm seeing the chat like, oh yeah, Famicom technically had online with that horse racing app. Yeah, and I know, I know that the, yeah, the, the Super cell, Famicom the had like the, uh, but I don't know if that really counts because that's like that's like satellite. It's like counting Sega Channel. Yeah, it, yeah. You, so and I you wouldn't had, count it. You did have a lot of consoles trying to do the whole like, let's do your banking 
with, or read your news on the, on the NES or something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you did have, you know, the Sega Channel. It was a cable service. Technically, it is like, you know, uh, I mean, it's like uh, Steam, you know? Basically, you're like downloading the games to your console, playing them, and then they're gone, you know? But I mean, that was way ahead of its time, too. But at least that, yeah, you know... Yeah, but guess, guess what, uh, guess what uh, console is the first one you can browse porn on? What, the Saturn, and and yeah. not to mention, it was also like they they also sold it to schools. They sold the Netlink pack to schools as a as a budget internet uh, browser, you know. Uh, so that was interesting. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, anyway, the the point is that uh, uh, what I guess what's the takeaway here is that for folks listening, um, if you're interested in getting your Saturn online and you want to go through like all the finagling setup of this. You know, go get yourself a VoIP adapter that's unlocked. <laughs> it has to say that on, like it's if you're buying it from eBay. Protected. Yeah, get it, get it, get an unlocked VoIP adapter, one of these uh, SPA one zero zero ones or SPA twenty one oh one or twenty one oh two. Make sure it's unlocked, and then you you're gonna need the the Netlink adapter. Sorry, the Netlink modem or the X band modem from Japan. And uh, yeah, you know, you're gonna mess around with. You're gonna need a little bit of, uh, you know, router knowledge. You know, messing around with your IP and your router and the settings and stuff like that. But if that's your wheelhouse and you enjoy doing mm. uh, stuff like that, then go for it. Uh, but also, yeah, you know, also, just be- I also recommend yeah. like going to Goodwill and pick up like a cheap, uh, like a cheap landline phone, just like maybe a, a nice corded phone. Oh yeah, just for debugging purposes, just in case you have problems with your, uh, your uh, VoIP adapter. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um. But yeah, so, oh, and uh, Ray says the SPA-122 also works. So, yeah, there's um, there's a community now that's willing to maybe even help you test yours out if you have a different model and stuff like that and can maybe get you set up with some settings that work. Um, we've seen we've seen some really good matches between Trekkies and, and Knight on a... Or, sorry, between uh, Cameron up in uh, Canada and then uh, Trekkies over a landline, you know, over an analog phone line, and that was excellent. We've also seen some really good uh, performance uh, between folks over VoIP. You know, it just really depends on your latency to your ISP and then also getting those settings uh, dialed in. But anyway, it's uh, the sky is the limit uh, in terms of, like, what's going to happen from here on out because I know folks are interested in pushing it further maybe coming up with a better solution but at least this solution allows you to use your actual modem it allows you to use the saturn uh netlink or x-band modem and keep that in service so i like that yeah but uh, yeah i think that's better on my end uh that's it, definitely yeah. check it out. i think it's aged pretty well and i think uh it's it was a fun listen it was and you get to you know you get to hear joe uh you get to hear sega rpg fan talk about saturn talk about his favorite games I think he was a big uh, Shining Force fan, if I remember correctly, or or Panzer mm-hmm. Dragoon. I think he mentioned a couple of those, and uh, yeah, it was a fun interview. So be sure to check that out. And uh, yeah, we I kind of ha- we kind of need to wrap because Pat's got a stream to do, and he wants to get deep exactly. into that. Right? I, I gotta I got gotta get my uh, virtual sticks out. That's right. So um, uh, any sorry, last my twin sticks out. Any last words to the um, faithful yeah. fans? <laughs> yeah uh definitely check us out on uh you know twitter and facebook uh check us out on youtube like subscribe ring the bell comment whatever whatever youtubers say these days to get views or whatever join discord uh, yeah 
Yeah, join our Discord. Yeah, join Discord. And, and that's sort of what he was implying with that the discussion with the Netlink. Have a big Netlink community there. You want to play some Netlink? Be like, hey, who wants to play some Netlink? Mm -hmm. And you'll get somebody to say, hey, yay or nay. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, check us out on Patreon. And uh, and maybe if you would like a shirt, one that we're not wearing right now, you can get one over at, uh, at our uh, Threadless store. Yeah. Be sure to check out our Threadless store. We've got lots of different uh, designs uh, for you. We've got a Shiro Show shirt, <laughs> if uh, if you're into yeah. that. And uh, we've got, you know... I like the CRT. I like this. I know. Yeah, I made the CRT with you in mind. Can you believe that? I knew Pat would like that. I got I would, a, like a printed, cir that. printed circuit board shirt. That's probably my favorite. <laughs> I, I have that. Uh, and It's uh, not good to wear under the key light, though. No, that's true. You'd have to actually get like a red sheet and do like a red key light or something like that, uh, which you could yeah. do. But I mean, yeah. Anyway, we've got uh, more, you know, business formal, <laughs> if you if you will. So there are lots of options, and uh, anything you buy on here will go to help us uh, with our podcast hosting or the website hosting, um, help us get better equipment, all that kind of stuff. So we really appreciate it. And yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yep, I think that's good. So I guess with that, uh, see you later, guys, and uh, play your Sega Saturns. That's right. Until and, next oh, time. Stick, stick, yep, stick around for the live stream, or the, yes. the gameplay one in a little bit. Right, so I'm going to stop streaming, and Pat's going to take it from there. So everyone, hang on. Maybe go get a, a sandwich or a drink. Uh, but no. but keep it locked here because Pat's going to be streaming Bulk Slash Part 5 like, uh, featuring... Like two minutes, so... Featuring Navigator Lyra, and they're gonna have—I believe—they're gonna have her on talking with Danthrax and and Lack Lackaware and Sinwin. All right. So peace out, guys. Orders later.